Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Maya Angelou. What's up, Living Corporate? It's Shanisha, and today we'll be discussing the rise of success for black and brown women. Our guest today, with nearly 20 years of distinctive higher education experience to Buffalo State, including her previous role as Associate Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Catholic University in D.C., our guest has held leadership roles in marketing and communications, as well as extensive experience supporting enrollment management and technology efforts at multiple institutions. Our guest was the Executive Director of Marketing and Communications at Delaware State University, where she also worked as the Executive Director of Integrated Marketing. Before returning to Delaware State in 2015, she worked at the University of the District of Columbia for seven years, where she served as an Executive Director of Interactive Media and Port Administrator, Executive Director of Alumni Relations, and Assistant Vice President for Marketing, Communications, and Alumni Relations. Prior to joining the University of the District of Columbia, our guest worked at the University of Delaware as Assistant Director of Alumni Relations and at the George Washington University as Associate Director of Law School Alumni Relations. She earned her B.S. in Business Administration from Drexel University and an M.S. in Project Management from the George Washington University and completed her doctorate of education and educational leadership from Delaware State University. Let's welcome our guest, Chief Information Officer and Vice President for Enrollment Marketing and Communications at Buffalo State, Dr. Jacqueline Malcolm. Hello, everyone. Yes, yes, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Malcolm, welcome to the show. How are you? I am well, I'm well, thank you. How about yourself? I am well. It's so great to have you here with us today. So we gave this elaborate and most beautiful intro. You have accomplished so much. What else would you like the Living Corporate family to know about you? Wow. Um, you know, I pride myself in being an African-American female. Um, and uh, from a, a relatively small town in, in Delaware and sort of grew myself into this career and took a non-traditional path and um, just certainly wanted to let your viewers know that it's okay to take non-traditional paths. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, that um, is one of um, the reasons why I, I am, am able to do so many things is because I did take a non-traditional path. Mm. Yes, yes. I've definitely saw that and read that within your bio, and it was quite intriguing, quite intriguing. I'm so glad you're here to share that with us today, and I'm sure our listeners are going to be elated to hear your non-traditional role in your path. So let, let's get into that. So what was your your path to becoming the Chief Information Officer at Buffalo State, and, and what does that role consist of? Sure. I actually started out um, in, as a fashion design major at uh, Drexel and wow. Drexel is an institution that um, affords stu- their students uh, cooperative education. So you get to get edu- yourself a, a job and experience uh, prior to even graduating from from college. And um, through that process, um, I I found that I wasn't getting the jobs that I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. And um, 
wound up actually working for um, a company now called GlaxoSmithKline, which was SmithKline Beecham at the time. Mm-hmm. And I worked in their convention planning department. So I was the person who helped them get prepared to go, to go to their conferences and things like that. And absolutely fell in love with the field of marketing. Mm-hmm. And so came back after that experience at Drexel and changed my major. And went on to, um, I actually started out as a work-study student um, in the financial aid office at Drexel as well. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where my career in higher ed started. And then, um, after I left Drexel, I made the decision to go straight into my graduate degree. And that was at George Washington. And I was so incredibly glad that I was able to do that and, and was afforded the opportunity. So that's where I really worked hard, got my... my uh, my master's in project management and after that moved on to a company in Wisconsin to be um, a marketing coordinator so that was really where I got the start of my marketing experience and didn't didn't um sort of like corporate America too much it didn't you know it didn't sit as well as as higher ed did with me and so um moved back to Washington DC which is where um I gained some more experience at GW I'm working in the alumni relations office in the law school and I've really enjoyed that experience I loved higher ed I loved being around students really loved just having the opportunity to be around education all of the time and love that experience and um, went on to do other things in higher ed, um, as you stated, and, you know, several positions within marketing. And then when I was at the University of the District of Columbia, I went on to, I was marketing a, a new portal product. Um, mm-hmm. And it was sort of that centralized place where all of our students would register, they get their news, their announcements, all of that good stuff. So I was mainly the marketing person, but as a marketing person, I tend to really immerse myself in the technology, in the solution. And mm-hmm. so I did all the training and I did all of that. And um, I had a conversation with the project manager at the time. And I said, I know part of the work of um, implementing the solution is hiring a portal administrator. Can I have a conversation with that person? Mm. And he said, well, actually, we don't have that person yet. And I said, oh, you don't. And I said, well, how can I be helpful? And he said, well, you know, you're a marketing person. He said, you can take on managing the functional side. So I went back mm. to my supervisor and, you know, I'm a long-term marketing professional at that point. And I said, a technological solution? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if that's my strength. And I really pushed myself and I trained and I worked mm-hmm. really, really hard. And it was a case of having really, really good people around me who were willing to help me learn. Wow. And so did that for a few years, did um, marketing, um, you know, for the portal, I did technological um, communications as well. So I had such great experience and really pushed myself out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and um, went on um, the institution where I was, went through a lot of layoffs and there wasn't a lot of staff and I was having some trouble getting some of the things that I needed to manage um, the, the product. And so I sat down with somebody and he said, well, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how to do the technical side of this. And I said, well, wait a minute. You know, I took on the functional side. I don't right. know if I can take on the technical side. <laughs> now you're adding something else. <laughs> right. You know, and I'm saying, this is a lot, you know. And But I said, why not? What do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. You know, I can either not get the experience right. and, um, and continue on my path or I can get some really great technological experience. And that's what I did. I wound up being both a functional 
Regional and Technical Administrator for um, this portal product. So I wound up being a system administrator, right? So here I go, this, like I said, this sort of, you know, self-made marketing person in higher ed, and I'm now doing this technical stuff, which I found I absolutely loved. Mm. And so taking that chance and really pushing myself out of my comfort zone and really wanting to grow my professional skill set really helped me get the position where I am now um, as chief information officer and vice president for enrollment marketing communications at Buffalo State. And I never forget the day I saw the job on Inside Higher Ed. I mm-hmm. called up a friend and I said, there's this job and it just is so eclectic and it matches my eclectic background. And she said to me, so what do you have to lose? Go apply for the job. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, just go apply for it. Yes. And so I did, went through the interview process and got the job. And I never in a million years ever thought that I would have a leadership role in all of these areas. And in speaking to my president about sort of this level of innovation that she had, TV mm-hmm. fashion and she said all of it intersects, right? Enrollment, marketing, communications, and, and the systems that support everything that we do day to day, it all intersects. Mm-hmm. And so it made so much sense. And as I do my work now and I help my staff understand why we are all put together in the way in which we are, it makes so much sense. And they're learning things about processes and things that they would have never had the opportunity to, to, to have that much insight into, and you know, without this role being fashioned the way it was. And so, you know, my career has been set upon sort of taking chances mm-hmm. on myself and educating myself. I consider myself to be a lifelong learner. That's good. Yes. And that's really, that's really important to me. I don't ever want to consider myself to be the complete expert in anything because, you know, the fields that I oversee are ever changing anyway. And so I can never be in a position just to say, well, I got this degree or I got this job and now I'm all set. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will continue to push myself, even though I do have my doctorate, I continue to do leadership academies and to hone my skills. Mm-hmm. And I just completed a CIO leadership academy. Um, and so there, I think it's really, really important to ensure that you understand that there never really is an endpoint to learning mm-hmm. uh, and educating yourself. There isn't. There isn't a lifelong student. I really like that. A lifelong learner. That's great. That is great. So what does, what does your role consist of being the chief information officer? Like, what is it? What do you do for those who may not know? So as chief information officer, so it's sort of that third, if you will, of of my position encompasses overseeing the institution's um, entirety as it relates to information technology. So my span includes areas as um, in instructional design, Mm -hmm. technology support services. So that's our help desk. Um, It is our computer help who goes around campus and and supports our constituents. Um, And it's also managing all of the the network um, infrastructure and architecture um, Mm -hmm. that all of our systems sit within, as well as enterprise um, data and analytics, which is all of our sort of major systems and institutional research as well. So I really can flux between hey, we're thinking about some sort of security measure for the network to we need to pull this data to we're implementing a new CRM system. Um, And so it really runs the gamut. The beauty of my job, because I sort of have these buckets that I oversee, 
that they all intersect. So I could spend, you know, one or two days a week really focused on IT mm-hmm. and, you know, another day on enrollment and two more days on marketing and communication. So it wow. really just runs the gamut. You know, that's that's another reason why I love my job and the way it's fashioned. No two days are alike, truly. Yes. And it really allows me to stay on top of my game um, because I am literally hopping from initiative to initiative. Um, My team, including students, is um, about 275 people, so I'm one of the largest areas within the institution. Um, So one thing I will say that through, as I've grown through my career, the leadership component is so incredibly important. It is. And um, to learn how to you know, talk with IT folks and, and, and give them the leadership and the professional development that they need. But then turning and switching gears to really supporting my marketing communications folks or my enrollment folks. And so it's really an interesting dynamic when, you, you know, each of those groups speak differently from a leadership perspective. And so I have to be able to maneuver myself to be able to be in that position to support them as they need as well. Wow. This role is so, like you said, multifaceted. There's so many different things that you can do. And like you said, no day is alike. That's, I mean, you're always staying interested. Definitely loving what what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. And I absolutely love what I do. And I will say that reporting to strong leadership um, Mm -hmm. is is really important too. You know, I I know um, a lot of the, the, um, the folks listening to this also know how important it is to have a really great boss who supports yes. you. Yes, um, I have run the gamut. I have sat, I've had some doozies, but um, I've also had some really great uh, leaders. You know, I um, where I first truly learned leadership was from um, a supervisor that I had at GW Law School, and he was a retired Navy Judge Advocate General. We really clicked because I'm mm-hmm. a military brat, and. You know, he came, I was literally 22. I didn't know anything from anything. And he put so much trust in me. Mm-hmm. And every day he came to my office and he said, is there anything I can do to, to support you? Wow. Uh, and that really stuck with me about how you truly treat people yes. when you're when you're leading teams. And it's so important um, to know that people are coming with multiple things. They're coming with their life issues and they're coming with stressors and pressures from work and And how do you work alongside that to create success, not only for them, but for the organization or institution that you're working for? And um, so that's sort of where I really understood the importance of good leadership and sort of this, for me, the innate desire to truly ensure that I'm consistently learning how to be a good leader. Um, And I look at it, how would I want someone to lead myself, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I would want transparency and compassion and communication and support and professional development. I would want all of those things. So I try to really truly lead by example and not just talk the talk, but really walk the walk. That is some very good information. I think it's extremely important to have great leadership. The fact that the gentleman entrusted you and and supported you, those are some great key elements in helping you and your development as well. And I know that you mentioned that you continuously uh, take part in leadership academies. So with you taking part in those leadership academies, is that something that you you search? Clearly, you you must search for it on a regular. Are are you um, leading any of those academies or do you just you like to actively participate? How frequently? 
So I actively participate in leadership academies. I also do a lot of uh, panel discussions mm-hmm. um, as a minority, as a female, especially in the in the um, world of tech. There are we are few, far, and in between. Mm-hmm. And so I um, feel sort of it is my life's work to really allow other minorities, black or brown, right, to mm-hmm. be able to see themselves in these roles. Um, and then, uh, you know, I do a lot of uh, work alongside um, really talking to women specifically and helping them understand that while we want to advocate for ourselves in this field, we can't do it al- without our, our male counterparts and yes. supporters. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I think um, sometimes, you know, women-led initiatives, it's like, oh, well, we're, we're females and that's just the way this goes and we don't want any males around us. You know, we're doing this on our own. And, mm-hmm. and I'm all for women's empowerment, but I think you also have to see the value and understanding and making sure that you get the support from others around you. Um, and so for me, it really is it's sort of that my own professional development and growth from a leadership perspective, but also showing others um, what it means to be a female in tech. And um, I have frequently been the only African-American in the room, frequently the only African-American female in the room. And so some folks say, well, how does that make you feel? And it sort of empowers me, right? And mm-hmm. I think that it allows me to show others that, you know, we can be at the table and we can we can be just as qualified and educated yes. as the next person um, around that table. And so I always say, Use it to your advantage. You know, people say, well, you know, they're just picking me because I'm African-American. If that gives you a unique experience to learn, Mm -hmm. take that experience. That's not a bad thing. But then how do you then advocate for other minorities to be in the room with you, right? So so that way you're not the only one, but then you can give that experience to others. And that's also really important as well. Um, I have been, um, you know, a, a benefactor of other minority leaders saying we want her to be at the table like we want her wow. part of the discussion because she creates a level of diversity mm-hmm. in the discussion um and so i think it's always important to remember that it's not only about you elevating yourself but it's making sure that when you're able you're elevating others as well <laughs> that is so powerful in itself i think it's super important especially as not only women but people of color that we are able to get to a place where we can reach back and pull one up pull pull several up Uh, definitely we're always in a place like you said we're only maybe the only one in the room you may be hired for that reason but like you said you set to your advantage and you clearly you possess something unique so why not leverage it? Why not level up on it and make sure that when you do get there, you're not just there. If you're going to be there, be there. And I mean, and make sure they know that you're there <laughs> when you're there. So that's why it's so important for me too. you know, when mm-hmm. I'm asked to speak at different events and, and, and really be a representative, you know, um, you know, both, you know, because the fact that I'm female and because the fact that I'm African-American, I, I, you know, I use that to the advantage of saying, yes, you know, I want others that look like me in the room. You can be there and you deserve to be there and you've earned the right to be in that room. And, you know, in working with students, that's really important for Mm -hmm. me, you know, as we have our female students 
who, you know, need our knowledge and our support and our network. And, you know, I always, the events that I speak, especially the ones that are free, I send them out to our students. Come, whether you're male or female, come, Mm -hmm. you know, participate, network. Let me introduce you to some folks that I know so you can build your network. Because I hope that in my example, they would know to be able to do the same as well. Right. And it's, it's really important for our students to be able to see that now. And I also hope that I can show how you come to the table ready to go and to be taken seriously, you know, and there's a time and a place to be, you know, individualistic and be who you are. And I'm Mm -hmm. certainly not saying don't cover up who you are. Right. Um, But you got to know there's a time and a place for everything. You know, Um, you know, I I also am, you know, I'm an African-American female and, you know, I wear mohawk, you know, my head is shaved. And so I've had my angst and anxiety about walking into a conservative environment. And I said, you know what, this is who I am. Yes. And it makes no less worthy um, of partaking in conversation. And it certainly doesn't make my work any um, worse for for, for wear, right? You Mm -hmm. know, and, and, and if anything, it allows me to stretch my limits and be creative. Um, and to show people that my creativity doesn't then diminish my professionalism. And I like to, you know, be able to show the students that as well, that you can have an air of individualism, uh, but just know your environment, right? Know what's going to be be receptive. And it's unfortunate that we still live in that space where Mm -hmm. we just kind of have to be a little bit more concerned about who who we are as individuals, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of race, you know, um, but I think it's it's really um, important to know know the time and the place and the space, you know, and 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 that's just our reality, you know. It's yes. not it's 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 you know neither a good or a bad thing. It is, it is just a thing, right? That we just have to respond to. So absolutely, being unapologetically black, yeah. <laughs> unapologetically right. you. I, I walk in the room and I yes, I'm African American. Yes, I shave my head and I'm yes. ready to go. I love we it. Have this you know? <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's it's interesting too um, that there are times when I have, like I said, I've been really concerned. I'm like, oh, they're, you know, you know, they're gonna think I'm a I'm a rebel. You know, I'm a renegade. You know, I shake mm-hmm. my head, and 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 I said, you know what? Then then that's your loss, right? That's your loss for not wanting to have me at the table because of something you're not okay with. Because I'm okay with it, right? Mm-hmm. And. And so, to, like you said, to really be unapologetically black, uh, female, I also tell, um, you know, my students too, you know, when you're in a position of interviewing for a job and um, getting a job offer, negotiate, know your value. Know Absolutely. Worth, right. Don't just take whatever somebody gives you. If you feel that that person is offering you $50,000 and you're bringing seventy five, tell them why. You know, the only thing they're going to do is tell you no, or we don't have that level of budget. You got to, you know, understand if you're willing to take that intentional risk, right? Because it's that too. And, and so, um, and that's something that those are two words that, you know, my current president said, she said, we are in times now you have to understand when you take intentional risk, right? Mm. Uh, You can't always be the one to say, well, I'm not going to take that risk or I'm not going to put myself out there. My whole career um, and, and, and professional journey has been really predicated on taking intentional risk. Um, I'd never be in IT if I didn't. And mm-hmm. also understanding and knowing when you take that risk, and sometimes you take that risk without compensation for future gain. Right. 
that's also important too because I think we're all focused on well you're not going to get that out of me if you don't give me money for that Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying give up everything for free I'm saying again be intentional about where you want to take that risk for future gain speaking about taking that risk and being intentional I noticed okay so in higher education there's often a level of classicism right so how did you navigate having a non-traditional background and getting into this space as a black woman? Of course, taking that risk, but how were you able to navigate that to get here? Yes, you know, I will definitely say, you know, higher ed is an interesting environment because we're based on credentials, right? Right. And so I, I would say that to be successful in this environment, you're going to absolutely have to come with your credentials. You know, I made the decision very early on in my career. You know, by the time I was 22, I had both my bachelor's and my master's degrees. Um, I wanted to make sure I at least had the credentials in place to be able to garner some long-term benefits from that. You know, I had a about a 20-year break between my master's and my and my doctorate. And in the field in which I'm in, um, I was, you know, even though I'm in, in academia and I'm not on the um, academic affairs side, so the faculty side, the provost side, mm-hmm. uh, for me, getting my doctorate was a, more of a personal piece mm-hmm. because it wasn't necessarily something I absolutely needed to progress in my field in higher ed. But I did know that if I wanted a leadership role, that was going to be key for me. It was fine mm-hmm. if I was going to be executive director, but once you start reaching into the vice presidential realm, especially in higher ed, you're going to need to have your credentials, right? So I knew, I knew me having my doctorate was going to be very, very important. And um, I will say to anyone listening, it's going to be acutely important to know your space, right? Mm. That's important for higher ed. It may not be important if you're doing, um, you know, if you're in a different type of a space, right? Um, and so that's that's really, really important. And know where you want to go long term as well. And you may say, well, I don't really need that right now. Maybe not right now, but will you in the future? Yes. And what does it open up for you as far as options go? I'm all about options. I, I don't want to ever stymie myself into only being able to be in certain fields because I've only done but so much. Right. Uh, so, again, higher ed, that's, that's what we're about, right? We're about those educational credentials. And I always say to folks, too, you know, maybe you don't want your doctorate, but maybe you're t- doing micro-credentialing. Maybe you're, if, you're ha- if you have your bachelor's, you're looking into, you know, stackable certificates to get you to a master's, right? And so there are options out there. So, you know, know what those options are and how they could potentially be beneficial. You know, it's different in the K-12 environment where, you know, you, you get additional dollars for every degree or number certain number of credits that you get. That's not the way it works in, in um, once you get into the higher ed realm. Mm-hmm. So, but while it doesn't necessarily create an immediate return in a certain position, it did for me long term because I knew I wanted to go on to be a vice president. And ultimately, my goal is to be a president of an institution. Um, right now, which is a beautiful thing for me is that my president right now at Buffalo State is an African-American female. Um, I can't tell you how encouraging mm, that is. Very, uh, very. She is absolutely one of the most amazing African-American female leaders I've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, we call her our sage. She is very, um, she's very calm. She's very thoughtful. She's very methodical. She's experienced. 
She's a psychologist by trade. Mm. Um, so she 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 really has a lot of markers for a great leader, and she is. And she allows us, as um, you know, myself and my colleagues on cabinet, to be ourselves and to do our jobs. And um, I have never been at an institution where. I have been truly winning with my colleagues and my president. Wow, um, now that's major. And so, yeah, makes a huge, huge yes. difference. Big in difference. Your productivity, um, in your desire to learn, and your desire to lead your team, especially when you're dealing with cha- a challenging environment. You know, the space of higher ed right now is tumultuous um, in a lot of the geographic areas within the U.S. I'm sitting smack dab right in one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, enrollments are set to continue to decrease. Um, and so now, you know, I'm dealing with an environment of how do I remain creative and encouraged and, and being really a transformational leader for my team in this type of environment, you know, where, um, you know, my colleagues in other areas of the U.S. are doing extremely well in regards to enrollment. And um, so understanding and knowing where you can have your wins um, mm-hmm. and doing the best that you can do to remain status quo where there really isn't a lot of room for growth. Um, so you really need the backing of good leadership to support that environment. And you and you definitely had that from fashion to where you where you are now, CIO and VP. That's a, a major that's a complete different or what we say non-traditional route to right. get to where you are. And and let this be living corporate family let this be encouragement to you you don't have to take the cookie cutter format or strategy that is laid out before you you can navigate and go into different realms and and dr malcolm i want to say you you mentioned about being a transformational leader and about transformation i want to ask what are your thoughts of higher education transforming or evolving into more of a a corporate of to be more corporate like or become more similar to corporate that's a great um, that's a great uh, point to make because you know tra- higher ed traditionally has been we're not corporate America you know for those most of us we're nonprofit right mm-hmm. so there's that so we're nonprofit I mean we we don't need to function like a corporation at the end of the day we still have to keep the lights on right we still have to make enough money to do our business right and so I always say to folks that while we're not traditional corporate America we still need to function like a business and quite frankly there's there are pieces we can learn from the way in which corporations run and and um, create success for themselves, right? And so mm-hmm. while we're not here making, you know, um, millions and billions of dollars in revenue to, you know, in, in, in growing um, services or products per se, um, we still have to be better, right? We, we do perform a service, we educate. And so in order for us to be the great at, the greatest at educating our students, we need to be looking at our top-notch programs and we need to be ensuring that we're offering the programs that are, that students are looking for now. You know, it's, you know, the sort of the elitist sort of way in which higher ed has traditionally been able to move really no longer exists. Students have options. They have, they have modality options. They have private public options as well. They have HBCU options. They have mm-hmm. faith-based options. And so far gone are the days where, you know, you know, 200 years ago where it was like, come, we'll, we will educate you and, and, and you should be proud that we are educating you. Students have options. You know, I, I always say, and as I put my marketing hat on, students are consumers. 
and and their parents and their families are consumers and they're going to be making one of the most expensive life investments they will ever make outside yes, of purchasing will. a home. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so the fact that, you know, we can't be pretentious in, in this space, you know, we need to meet students and, and their families where they are. Um, and we need to make sure that we're hearing and we're listening to them and giving them the best level of teaching and learning we possibly can. And that includes good customer service, which a lot of times some of us in higher ed have really struggled being a good partner to students and their families in, you know, and customer service is huge. And I always say, you know, it's no different if you walk into a car dealership, right, mm -hmm. and you walk in for service. You want somebody to pay attention to you. You want somebody to give you a good experience. Right. You know, you made that investment. You want somebody to return that 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 experience back to you in good customer service. It's no different for students and their families. And it's really important for us to remember that um, that's the space we're in. Mm -hmm. um, again, we're no longer able to be in an environment where we have an elitist approach. Um, we're all, you know, trying to go after similar students, right? The, the you know, strongly academic um, and, you know, passionate about getting a degree in higher ed. And, you know, at Buff State, we are, our large part of our population is first, uh, first time college goers, right? So they're called first gen, which, of right. which I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're navigating waters that their families have never navigated before. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going to Drexel. I didn't know anything about financial aid and where I got my meal plan or mm -hmm. how I was going to get my books. I didn't know any of that. And so how do we become good partners to these students and families to ensure that we are saying, we know you don't know, but we're here to help you. We're here to help you have that positive experience. Here's how you do some of these things. And, and I live this world and I love, this is why I love working at Buffalo State because I can see myself in those students. I, oh, yes. I was the 17 year old who didn't know anything about anything, you know, mm -hmm. and I needed good people around me to support me and to help me into my college transition. And I just distinctively remember those moments of doubt and, you know, because sometimes what we think is success is, well, I'm on campus. Mm -hmm. I got here. I got into college. I made it. Once, mm -hmm. once, I made it, right? When that is a level of success, absolutely. Goodness, for, especially for a lot of our students, ooh, that is a big deal. It is. We, we want to be able to take them all the way to graduation because that's really the ultimate or what we're trying to help them achieve. And so, um, again, I see myself in them. I see... Um, the need to support, you know, when I see a student who, you know, says, you know, I just, I just need to talk to someone because I don't understand. And I said, come into my office, let's talk, let's sit and let's talk and, and help you in your own unique decision um, and, 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 and space, you know, and that's what we, we know that we have to, we no longer can look at a student solely from the academic side, but they're a whole person, right? They yes. need you know, students are coming in, and not just at Buff State, but overall, students are coming in with, you know, autism and depression and anxiety, and quite frankly, a lot of things I think that a lot of us didn't come into school with, and so we need to really understand them and what it truly means to support them as a student as a whole. That makes a heavy impact when you have someone that's there to just speak to, uh, to listen to you. To help guide you along to way along the way in mentorship, and and I could definitely relate. Uh, 
going to pharmacy school, it was hard. First generation, I'm like, okay, I come from a single parent home. My sister is looking at me. (laughs) You know, I'm an example. Right. My mother is in support. Okay, so what do I need to do to make sure that I make it to graduation? I I made it here on the campus. Who around campus? Because I remember (laughs) being at FAMU FAMU, and the phrase was, it's not what you know, it's not what you know, but who you know. (laughs) So being able to know someone to get into pharmacy school was was major. But, you know, having those people set up along the way to help me get there, it it showed the camaraderie and, and the what we call the, the family that was built there to help get me to that place. Look, we need a Dr. Malcolm at every campus, at every campus from small town university, uh, a, a college town, community college, whatever. We, we need you everywhere. We, Absolutely. we need you. And, and that's key, you know, and, and like I said, it's so important to, to really build that network and, and that's why I'm always like, you know, always say to the students, you need to come to this event. So-and-so is going to be here and you need to, you know, you need to see this person and, and talk to them. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I had, um, I have a deputy CIO who works very closely with me at Buffalo state. Mm-hmm. He met this gentleman. He said, I really, I need a summer job. And he was really struggling. And he's, I had just come from a meeting a few weeks prior with uh, CIOs in the local area who are saying they just they're going their jobs are going without any applicants wow no applicants wow. right and so um, we had talked about internship programs and I said to my deputy CIO because he was talking to me young man I said why don't you put him in touch with their program it was major health provider mm-hmm. and um, I know they're their CIO and I said, now, look, you're going to have to go in. You're going to have to interview. Like, I can't do that part for you, mm-hmm. but I can get you there. I can lead you there. Yes. And he did great. He got an internship. He came back to our office and he said, thank you so much. And he said, I am getting experience I never thought that I would ever get. Wow. Wow. And this is a company who has hired our students out of their internships and I'm hopeful he's a computer information science major, smart, ready, passionate, eager. Um, and I, I followed up a little bit later with the CIO and they're like, he's doing great, you know, just, and, and so again, to your point of, you got to know your connections, you know, other cultures do this very, very well Oh yes. and we can do it well too. Yes, you know? we can. And you know, this, this case of, you know, you need to go to that event with your mom. You need to go to this event with Professor So and So because you never know who you're going to meet. And there are times when I get it, you're tired and you're exhausted and you've had a long day and now somebody's asking you to come to some event. You know, you're like, oh. But then you get there and you say to yourself, oh my goodness, if I had not come to this event, I would have not gotten this level of networking. And so you got to also be ready and be open. And and push through being tired and push through being exhausted and push through when you're like, you know, I've, I've got to finish this exam. Yes, you do. And where you can do your networking. You know, yes. You're not going to be able to do everything, mm-hmm. but you allow yourself to create opportunities for yourself. Right. And so I just this is exciting work for me. I love what I do every day. Um, 
this is, I will say, my first job where I come into work every day and I absolutely love what I do. I am supported. I get to do the work I want to do. I get to support students. You know, what we do in higher ed is, you know, this is a life-changing type of experience. Um, and, you know, I want to see these students graduate in four years and come out and say, I work so-and-so or I do this. But ultimately, I hope that you also say you take the opportunity to give back. Right. Mm -hmm. And as we all have been led and supported by others, I would hope that they do the same. Speaking about giving, giving back, what, so you've achieved very much success during your career. What steps have you taken to develop yourself and what does that strategy look like for black and brown women? Like what would you give back to the black and brown women who are looking to reach this level of success? I, I would definitely say anytime there's an opportunity um, for, you know, like I said, professional development, leadership, um, in higher ed, there is um, an organization um, called ACE. And um, I did their ACE Women in Leadership um, um, session, leadership session. And mm-hmm. it was a three-day session. And it was wonderful, and it was a diverse population of folks, but there were African-American female presidents there. Uh, There were just so much diversity in the room, and and it was like, literally, they say, you know, you 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 be a sponge, and it was just like asking them every question you can ask them, you know, things like that. Any opportunity that you get to be in a leadership uh, professional development opportunity, any opportunity that they're doing women in leadership um, events, um, I would also say being a part of boards, mm-hmm. right? Organizational boards um, is really, really important. And I would stress doing it in your field and outside of your field as well. Mm. I got tapped into being on an aerospace board because they wanted some, mm. they wanted diversity mm-hmm. and they wanted my marketing skill set. Wow. Wow. You know, and so, you know, again, stretching yourself outside of you know, the normal sort of types of um, activities you would do as they are related to your discipline. Push yourself outside of that because the level of networking and experience that you will, you too will get from that is huge, right? And I've had to learn that. And at first I was like, why would I want to do that? And then it was like, well, hold on a second. You know, that mm-hmm. puts me in a different realm. And the level of uh, folks that I meet and get to network with are completely different than those folks that I would typically run into in my higher ed space or in my ed tech space or in the marketing space, right? And mm-hmm. so I would say making sure you're looking at your professional organizations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that's related to your particular discipline, um, but also, like I said, being on boards that really kind of um, are stretches. And I think a lot of times as women and women of color, we're not taught to stretch ourselves. Um, I'm not sure if it's a cultural piece mm-hmm. or not. Um, we're taught to certainly obtain and learn and 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 you know get the degree and and get the great job. But um, I'm not sure how well we're taught to be um, risk takers. Wow. Right. Um, and uh, that's something that I stress a lot too with students that. I mean, certainly if, if you're risk averse and you want to stay in your own space that makes you comfortable, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But um, that's sometimes how opportunities get missed, right? 
apply for that job. You know, it's funny. I also, I was speaking to a young lady about a position and I said, well, why don't, why don't you look at this? She said, well, I don't have, I don't have all the pieces. I'm not, I don't have the experience in every area. And I said, that's okay. You have the capacity though. Wow. And I said, but we as women are never taught. You don't have to have every single piece. If that job description, if you're missing one thing, then you know what? Own it and say, you know what? No, I don't have that, but I have the capacity to learn that. And I'm perfectly okay with taking this on and with the right professional development and the right leadership support, I can do that, right? And so, again, it's it's sort of always keeping ourselves safe. Um, you know, our male counterparts do this all the time. Mm-hmm. They go in, they apply for things they may not even you know, be qualified to do, but goodness, in the off chance that you are able to get that job or get that experience, that just makes you a, a better person, makes it you a does. better leader, makes you a better professional as well. And that's that lifelong learner piece, right? Okay, so you're going to learn something different. I mean, I had never walked into a network, network room before I worked at UDC. I walked in there and I said, what in the world have I gotten myself into? (laughs) And so I said, but you know what? I said, but what does this mean? And what does that mean? And what are you doing there? And what are you wiring? And what what is a network switch? And where's the network closet? And you start getting into these conversations with these folks. You're like, wow, this is really interesting. I want to know more. Yes. And to be able to push myself to broaden my comfort zone at that point, right? So it's like you step out, but you broaden it. You don't settle for safe. That's what you're yeah. doing. You, you do not settle for safe. You, you definitely exactly. have to branch out and, and go beyond yourself. Because you never know how far you can go you and, and t- until you stretch yourself. People, the thing somebody can tell you is no. Well, goodness. And, and, and that's okay. And if, if no is the answer, move on to the next thing. Right. Don't lament over that person saying no. Because... If it's no, then that wasn't meant to be a part of your journey, right? And Mm -hmm. so your journey is meant to take a different path. And that's okay. Because sometimes we also get really discouraged, right? So own those feelings and emotions and say, gosh, wow, I really wanted that. And say, okay, but then what? let that then be the energy you need to empower yourself to either go get that level of experience or maneuver in a different direction. But don't lament in that space, right? And, And just say, Okay, wasn't meant for me, and I'm gonna move on. That's okay. That is great because it's like you never heard no before. You know, it's like you never heard it before. If you hear it, it's okay. Let's just let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. They're not gonna stop you. Right. Exactly. You know, you've done so much, and and you have empowered many, many women. I am sure myself, and right now, (laughs) being included. Oh. What has been your experience as a black woman in leadership? Mm. Wow, you know um, that's that's a whew, that's a heavy question. Um, you know, I think for me, um, I've and I've experienced leadership in minority serving environments as well as majority serving environments, mm-hmm. and um, I have found that I have been questioned mm-hmm. a lot about my level of expertise, my value, what I bring to the table. And mm-hmm. what I have found, the only way you combat that is to just continue to do good work, right? Um, 
be confident because the minute you question yourself is the minute that you're not focusing on doing all of that great work. Mm-hmm. You're focused on making that person happy. You're focused on making that person see your worth and your value. And I'll give you an example. I had a situation where when I came into this field, um, several people were doubting my technological expertise. Mm. And they said, well, you don't have a degree in it, and you haven't had that many years of experience. You're not a technician. I said, well, I am, because I've been a system administrator before, and I've worked in IT for a number of years. Mm-hmm. But they, I, I feel that due in part to um, them not finding value in me, mm-hmm. that they question my skill and my expertise. Mm-hmm. And in response to that, I had somebody say, to me, well, why don't you kind of get a do a round table and sit down with them and talk to them about your experience? And I said, well, why would I? Why would I do that? They mm. said, well, so they can, oh, so they can feel better about me. I'm okay with me. Oh, <laughs> I said I can't help them be better with with how they feel about me. I know the value that I bring. I am here. My leadership has. I was their choice to bring into this position. Mm-hmm. They are confident in my skill set, and I couldn't give energy to that because that is someone else's stuff that's not my stuff wow right and i'm not going to own that i'm not going to own that for them you know and i will continue to do good work i will continue to strive to be the best leader that i can be Mm -hmm. Um, i will continue to to always learn um i will never ever think that i know everything about my field because it's ever changing and i won't ever that's the beauty of being a professional because i can constantly learn um, but I had to distinctively really say, just because you que- you question my value and my worth doesn't mean that I do. Uh. And I don't. And you have to not own that because people will get will, are willing to give you their stuff all the time, especially yes, they will. Go take this because I'm not comfortable with this. I have anxiety over this. I don't like this. You're you're making me change. I've been in this job for 20 years, and you're taking it away from me, and I don't like it. Mm. But that's your stuff. I can help you get there if you're willing to take the ride with me. But if you're unwilling to take the ride with me, I can't help you get there. This is about a compromise here. I'm not saying that it's got to be my way or the highway. I'm happy to take you along for this journey, but you're going to have to allow me to do that. Right. And so, but, but one thing I have always, always, and I think this is what I get from my mom, who is one of the most strong African-American females I know alongside my great-grandmother mm-hmm. that never question your value and your worth. Come through, Mom. Tremendous, tremendous investments in myself um, to ensure that I know what that looks like for myself. And I can't take the energy away from my work and from the students who need to see me in this role and and who can benefit from me being in this role, who can benefit from the networking, who I can get them in jobs. I can't take energy away from that work mm-hmm. because a person isn't okay with me because that's not my stuff. Oh, my goodness. You know what? If I could just... <laughs> If I could bottle you up and take you with me <laughs> everywhere I go, <laughs> I'm telling you, I can feel like I can get out here and move mountains. You are so encouraging. You have so much wisdom and knowledge. And Buffalo State, I mean, you guys made an excellent choice. 
and and the students I I know for sure are being motivated and impacted in a multitude of ways and are going to come out on top. Graduation will not just be it. I see great, great things on the horizon for the university. This is magnificent having you on board. I mean, wow. That's my my goal, you know, is to be able to, at the end of the day, I think also, too, when you know the purpose of your work. Absolutely. And so, and also keeping in mind, if I can stress anything to to those who are partaking um, of this conversation, please don't ever think that this is about yourself because if you if you, if if the work that you do and and the um, progression of your career is about you boy mm-hmm. you're gonna miss out on so so much right mm-hmm. for me my growth and my, my where I am professionally is about me being in a position to give back and to be able to elevate others you know and, and like you said kind of you know each one teach one but I think what's important for African-American females is there's enough space for all of us. Yes, there is. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't Absolutely. have to compete against each other. I, I want to I be able to support you and do, do whatever it is you need to progress within your career, whether that is supporting your business and, and, and investing in your services and your products, or whether that is a conversation, um, whether that is to put you in touch with someone who can be helpful to you. That's what this is about. You know, this is not about competition. We don't need to compete with each other. We need to support each other. We need to make sure we understand the value that we have um, as females, as African-American females, that we are in a position to help elevate each other. We, we, you know, are, um, you know, our, our numbers, if we banded together just on sheer numbers and how mm-hmm. we can support each other, ooh, you know, we, we will continue to do beautiful things. And so I also would stress that you can, this cannot just be about yourself and what you can obtain and what you can gain and how much money you can make. That while, yes, we all want to be able to support our families and do wonderful things, that this is bigger than us as yes. individuals. Because we are greater women for success. This, that's Listen, living corporate family, if you have not picked up on this these words of advice, the words of encouragement, because that's definitely what she just gave you. Some words of advice and encouragement. It's not just about you. We are great women, black and brown, and great men as well, on the rise to success. And, and Dr. Jackie, thank you so much for your time and for your beautiful words and for your great intellect and knowledge and wisdom and conversation and sharing strategy on how we can take that non-traditional role and make it into something beautiful, your own unique path, owning who you are, your unique self, developing yourself always, not settling for just mediocre, making sure that we're realizing it's not just about us. But those who are connected to us being direct and indirect. And I just thank you so, so much for your time. Are there any shout outs that you would like to give? I would love to give shout out to my president, uh, Catherine uh, Conway Turner. And she is um, just a beacon of light for me and support and all of my colleagues on the Buffalo State Cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never had such great colleagues to help support and encourage me. Um, 
certainly my family, um, who without them, I would not be here. Goodness gracious. And, you know, for all of the folks that, that were willing to invest in me and, um, you know, I just, I just thank everyone for, for allowing me to become who I am, um, in my truest sense and, and really, you know, an opportunity for me to really be in a space where I know my own truth, um, both personally and professionally. That is wonderful. That is so wonderful. How would, if our listeners want to reach out to you, do you have an Instagram or a Twitter? I know we have your LinkedIn information that we'll be sure to link below, but if our listeners would like to reach out to you, how would you like them to do that? Yep, they can actually always reach me on LinkedIn. That's sort of my my most most favorite place for folks to, to, to meet me. I am on Twitter, um, and so I just changed my handle. So it's um, VP with a mohawk. All right, <laughs> so I love it. You, you can reach me on Twitter if you'd like to do that as well. Um, I'm always up for networking and conversation and supporting however way in which I can. And so just reach out and let me know how I can be helpful. Great, great. You know what? You know what, family? That's our show. Thank you for joining us on the Living Corporate Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Living Corporate, Twitter at Living Corp underscore pod, and subscribe to our newsletter through www.livingcorporate.com. If you have any questions and you'd like for us to answer or read on the show, make sure you email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. This has been Shanisha, and you've been listening to our wonderful, beautiful, talented I mean, super smart, beyond smart, amazing guest, Dr. Jacqueline Malcolm. Please be sure to reach out to her on LinkedIn and we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.